Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Quarlebeck. It is Sunday of week 14. It is done. We're giving out awards. This was crunch time, DK. Playoff spots were on the line. Yeah, big time, big time. And I got to tell you, this uh, Sunday night game where Aaron Jones keeps sniping A.J. Dillon, I'm tilting a little. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm not feeling great. DK <laughs> screwing uh, DK is struggling to figure out how he's going to pay his bookie. <laughs> an ankle or two uh, might be snapped tonight yeah it's it's not great I'm gonna get kneecapped although i will say <laughs> this these games this sunday night game has been good the great it's been so the good afternoon slate games finished awesome that was a lot of fun so can't really complain too much are you how do you guys feel i mean fantasy regular season you just complained unfettered well i can't complain too much i'll stop complaining now is what i'm saying did you guys hear my question from before? Fantasy's <laughs> over. Regular okay. season's over. How do we feel about it? I was kind of waiting for Heifetz to answer we that. We made it through uh, the fantasy yeah. regular season. DK was complaining so much that this entire season finished and he didn't realize. Okay. The fantasy regular season is over. And as Craig just mentioned twice, we are off the and rails already. This is what happens when we record during Sunday Night Football. Well, there's like four minutes left in the game. All right. That's a, not a big deal. But, you know, when push comes to shove and it's down to the wire in your fantasy regular season... You need a closer to come in and win you the game. <laughs> to win you a spot in the playoffs. So we're starting off with the Mar- Mariana Rivera Award. And I'm going to give it to... This is the cut to, fastball. Yeah, this is the cutter. 92, <laughs> bottom right, just paint in the corner. Tom Brady. <laughs> and you know what? Not only is it just Tom Brady, it's Tom Brady in the first half, man. Yeah. Tom Brady had 20 fantasy points in the first half, which was more than Matt Ryan, Dak, Derek Carr, Baker, or Ryan Daniel had in the entire game today. <laughs> and Brady does this all the time. It seems that he has full game lines at half pretty much every week now. <laughs> he, had tw- he was 19 for 26, 200 yards, two touchdowns at half. That's a full game. 
It's and so he's good. doing that it's all like the time. Playing with house money, man. It's so much fun when you're when you're whoever it is, whether it's Brady or like a skilled player. It's like when when anybody has a like a huge first half, it's like, oh, I can just enjoy the second half. I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress about every touch. This is just great. It's the it's peace the of feeling. mind. You can't put a price on the yes. peace of mind you get from like, oh, I have 18 points in the first quarter. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. And just, I mean, Brady's been this way all season, but he's finishing really strong. And whoever had him this week, uh, he probably got you a playoff berth. Brady also just has been such an incredible value this season. Like Brady, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert are all now, basically they're all virtually just tied as the QB one. Like it's close enough that it doesn't matter. Like they're all number one. But like Brady was being drafted basically 70th overall this season. And like the and now he has like almost sixty points over the last two weeks. I mean, it's Mariano coming in to pitch the eighth, basically. Except he also started the game. I don't know how to explain it really in baseball terms. <laughs> yeah. We're str- we're really like stretching this. Like oh, it's analogy. like it's like he closed one hundred sixty two games. He just closes every game. He never takes any days off. Yeah. He's something stretch, if you will. Speaking of stretches, the other Mariano Rivera was Dalvin freaking Cook on Thursday night. Mm. Like this was a few days ago, but throwback to Thursday. When Dalvin Cook played, even though we thought he was going to be out, and then somehow they're like, yeah, he dislocated his shoulder like 10 days ago. It's fine. He's going to play, which we didn't know what the hell he was going to do. Like, you have to play him because it's Dalvin Cook. But like, is he a decoy? Is this like, well, what is going on? He has 153 rushing yards and two touchdowns at halftime. It's the most rushing yards in the first half in Vikings franchise history. They had Adrian Peterson. That's just classic. By the way, we got a lot of texts about uh, Craig going to take shout out like his prediction, but also didn't get published before the game. So it didn't really matter. But Craig's like, take those unders on Dalvin cook. He's hurt. He's got a shoulder injury. To be fair, we all agreed on it. And we were like, we have no idea what to do with Madison and cook. I guess you either got to play both, sit both. We don't know. I think what we've learned is anytime somebody has a borderline season ending injury and they're playing 10 days later and they're questionable as a game time decision, you got to play that person. I guess that's what we learned. (laughs) Yeah, that's the lesson right there. That's the lesson. Anytime you think, maybe I shouldn't play this guy, that's exactly when you should play him. 27 points at halftime. He finished with 205 yards. It's I'm, the Steelers look like they had nine guys on defense. I don't know Dude, what was going did on. Did you see some of the like holes he was running through? It was like 10 feet wide. Dude, it was he, insane. He had like, there was like a point in the first quarter where he had like five rushes for 90 yards, but he never had like a, he didn't have one big run. They were all exactly 20. It was like college. He was literally <laughs> averaging 20 yards a carry. Ad? <laughs> What's the opposite of an advertisement? Is it a PSA? The opposite of an advertisement? I don't know. Is it? Because I thought that was a PSA for Thursday Night Football. Like that, like they went beyond the Steelers being bad. And I thought that was like, this is what three years ago it was like when all the p- players kept complaining, like, we can't play Thursday Night Football in December. I flashed back to that Seahawks game that ended the Legion of Boom when Richard Sherman got hurt and all these guys. I was like, these Steelers guys are exhausted. Oh, yeah. yeah, they were winning the Ravens game on Sunday. On um, on Flying Coach, so we would get listener emails and I would I've sift through them and pick the best ones. Every once in a while, here's a little insight, I would make up a guy's name and just ask a question I was curious about because I thought I had some good questions. But one of them was talking about Thursday Night Football and I was like, how do you feel about it? Is there anything good that can come away from it? How do you prepare? And he was basically just like, I despise Thursday Night Football. It's awful. I wish it was never a thing. It's miserable. I hate it. Take it mm-hmm. away, please. Yeah. I mean, imagine the things, like, how much stuff you have to prepare for as a coach. Like, everything is sped up so, so much. It's insane. I can't even believe they do it. Imagine if you had a giant group project at your job, and you have a week to do it every week, and then suddenly they're like, you have two and a half days. Yeah, Yeah, he essentially said you have to start preparing the week before. Like, you, Mm. you have to, like, prepare for two games at once. That's not great. No, 
That's what's nice. You can start preparing your body for like, you know, the thing that hasn't happened yet. You know, just start, you know, it's really easy. Yeah. Okay. Other Mariana Rivera's. Yeah. One more guy in this category. Let's talk about George Kittle of the 49ers. Just absolutely going off the last couple of weeks. Uh, 13 catches, 151 yards, touchdown in this game against the Bengals. 34 points. Last week, and this is like coming off of another huge week. Last week, he was uh, 9, 181 and a touchdown. His target rate this last Two games, 38%. 27 targets on 71 passes. Uh, That is incredible. I don't know. Like, the guy is just like one of the best tight ends number one. In the last two weeks. In the NFL. Like, he's just incredible. Um, Yeah, sorry. That was the 38% share in the last two weeks. Like, he has come on so strong. He's a big part of the reason I think that the 49ers are one of those, like, frisky teams in the NFC. Um, Debo's back. Like, this team has just a bunch of really unique playmakers. And Kittle, I think, is you know, sort of in that rarefied air where he's just not only the best player in real life, but like now he's turning into one of the best fantasy players too. There was this number from stat news. I found on Twitter that, uh, so George Kittles had four games with 150 receiving yards and a touchdown, uh, which broke the record for the most of those games by a tight end in NFL history. Wow. That's crazy. And also just having, what does he have? Almost 70 fantasy points in the last two weeks of the fantasy regular season. Like it's legendary. Also the touchdown he had before halftime was I, I, so absurdly athletic. I, few guys are like as fun to watch in real life as they are to have in fantasy and Kittle's on that list. Yeah. If you, if you got to this point where you can make the playoffs while ha- like suffering through what it's like to have Kittle on your team and th- then it paid off. Like this is, this is how good it can be. Enjoy it while you have it. But the tough part is, is, he may have been so rough to begin the year that you might not even be in a spot to make the playoffs right, with him. Right. But if you are, then you're you're sitting pretty. All right, let's get going here. Cooper Cup Award for player you wish you had more of. Sticking to the fantasy position, or sorry, the tight end position in fantasy. Mark Andrews for the Ravens. Um, I feel like he's been a Glansburg this season for us. We haven't really talked about him a whole lot um, for whatever reason, but um, 11 catches for 115 yards and a touchdown today, 28 fantasy points. Um, and then he overtook Kelsey because Kelsey had his second straight, like kind of quiet week. And now for the first time, so like for the first time since 2016, so Kelsey has been the overall tight end one, five straight seasons. Uh, Andrews might actually dethrone him this year. I, I had like almost like hadn't even realized how good Andrews was doing this year. Like it, it really hadn't sort of dawned on me that Kelsey might not be the tight end one, but here we are. Andrews is in the first, he's in first place. Um, and just the way that they've been utilizing him, the volume he's been getting, the way the Chiefs' offense has been kind of hit or miss lately. Like, there's a shot that he could really be the overall tight end one this year. Yeah, so coming into this week, uh, T- Travis Kelsey was the first overall tight end by seven points to Mark Andrews. And, you know, Travis Kelsey had another dud day. Do you guys know who the tight end number three is on the entire year? So it's Kelsey one, Mark Andrews two, even though after this week it'll be opposite. Who do you think is number three? If you say Pat Frymouth, I'm going to lose my mind. It's TJ Hawkinson. Like, has TJ Hawkinson had a single notable week in fantasy football? <laughs> and he's the tight end three. We haven't said his name once, except we. I remember we had one. It was the DB Cooper award. Kasicki four. <laughs> he had zero catches. Uh, no, George Kittle's four, and Dalton Schultz is five. I feel like in points per game, Dawson Knox is really high. If you include like the replacements you had for Dawson Knox, realistically, he's in the top five. Yeah, he probably is. Regardless, though, Mark Andrews had a weird ass day because like. Lamar Jackson got hurt. And when Lamar Jackson got hurt, Mark Andrews had four receiving yards. And then after Lamar left, he had another 111 receiving yards for Mark Andrews. 
Like, <laughs> like, like, how does that happen? Like, Lamar Jackson gets hurt, and you're thinking, like, oh, all the, this game is over for Baltimore. And then Tyler Huntley played as good, if not better, than Lamar did. Not, all right, not really, but kind of. I mean, we, we, well. we did that award a few weeks ago where, remember Josh Jacobs had, like, nine catches, and we did the deep fake award? Tyler Huntley was kind of deep faking as Lamar. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, he brought Rashad Bateman back from the dead. Marquise Brown picked up. Mark Andrews went crazy. Uh, everybody kind of just played way better with Tyler Huntley in the game. It is weird that Rashad Bateman did have his best game in a long time. But, but is that, was that, I mean, I'm not actually saying Tyler Huntley's like outplayed Lamar. It's more like they were just, the Browns were just up by so much, yeah, weirdly. Yeah. And then I feel like they kind of played softer defense and Tyler Huntley, like, not, it's weird when it's garbage time, but then the game ends up being close at the end. Like, we don't have a word for that. There was like 10 of those games today. Yeah. Yeah, like all these games were awful and then the teams came back and then almost won and then didn't. And we like, it's not garbage time if you almost win. And yet, like we need, it's, it's like recycling, I guess. That's really what it's we're talking about. Time. Or com- compost time. Yeah, it's compost. It's good for compost the world. Time. It's good I for need some compost yeah. time. <laughs> 111 of these yards were compost time for Mark Andrews. And yet, there they were. I kind of like that. Wow, all right. Okay. We, we need a new award this week. Speaking of compost. Yeah. Okay. So the award I'm coming up with here is called the Rock in a Hard Place Award. Mm. And it's for Ezekiel Elliott, who I believe, if you roster him on your team, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they're clearly not going to sit him, especially with Tony Pollard's plantar fasciitis thing. Yeah. And Zeke is super hurt. Clearly, visibly very hurt. Limping every other run off to the sideline, holding his back. His knees got like a pe- like like ten pounds worth of wrapping around it. He's like carrying a tree trunk down there, and he had eight points today. <laughs> Last week he had nine. Then he had thirteen. Week before that he had five. I truly think this is what he's going to be the rest of the year. However, one Yahoo's going to mess with your brain because his projection will always say fifteen. And two, yeah. it's like, this is Ezekiel Elliott. And if you're in the playoffs, are you not going to start Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys? But I I don't know what to do with him. It's like, I, I, I feel bad if I don't start him because I might be missing out on his talent and the offense. But then you do start him and it's like, oh, he's hurt and he's going to get 12 carries for 40 yards. And I really, I just don't know what to do. I think you made an excellent point there that the projection will always be wrong and like screw with you. The Yahoo algorithm has no idea that Zeke is hurt. Like Mike McCarthy said the day after Thanksgiving, he was concerned. Like he used the word concerned for Zeke's health. Not said all the time by coaches. And they're like, yeah, I guess we'll rest him for the Saints game. They changed their mind. Jerry Jones is like, nope, full workload. And they haven't because now Tony Pollard's hurt. So they're afraid to give any workload elsewhere. So I guess Zeke is just playing. But like, dude, you kind of have to pick up Corey Clement. Like Corey Clement had more touches today than Zeke did. Yeah. And I mean, when Zeke is this visibly banged up and they're saying they're concerned about him, Tony Pollard has this foot injury that is not going to probably get better in the month of December. Corey Clement is like the most important person you could pick up if you want to have someone who might randomly just be a starting running back for the Cowboys in week 16 or 17. I wonder if this means they're just going to start passing more. You know what I mean? Because like they have if, no running backs healthy. Yeah, like Pollard is out. Elliott is clearly like hobbled. I mean, there there's multiple times during the game where he's just, it looks like he was limping really bad. Not like a little, like a lot. And so DK, I think you're right, but Dak doesn't look right either. Like I, I think that Dak was, Dak looked weird all game yeah. and it was going to go under the radar. Then he threw that ridiculous pick six that brought Washington, that made a compost time, that brought Washington back into <laughs> right. the game when if he had just thrown it in the dirt, there was no way Washington was going to score twice. But now Dak will be scrutinized, but he didn't look right the whole game. He hasn't looked totally right since he came back from this calf injury, to be yep. honest. Yep. wonder if that's just like how it has something to do with his footwork or like his ability to plan throw or what. And he can't move. Like he can't move around right now. 
Um, not that that's like a huge part of his game anymore, but it, it certainly affects things. And so everything just looks a little bit off. It's just like, you know, it's like playing like through a, like a high ankle sprain or something. It's just like the explosiveness isn't there for him. So Dallas is playing at the Giants next week. Like, I don't know what to do, what to do if I have Zeke. I'll tell you what to do. Just play the Cowboys defense against Mike Lennon. Well, I'm talking about if I have Ezekiel Elliott on my team, do I start him or not? <laughs> that doesn't help. Craig. You should start the Cowboys that? defense at your running back slot. <laughs> okay. They'll probably outscore Zeke Elliott. <laughs> they probably would. I- I'm going to hit up Yahoo and see if I can do that. No, in all seriousness, I don't know what you do. You probably like, like Zeke, honestly, it's more in the flex conversation, really. Like if you have him, you probably have to play him because you might not have like three better options than a running back, running back flex than Zeke. But it is suddenly hard to expect more than like 13 points out of him. Yeah, I don't really know what to do, to be honest. If you have like a Deontay Foreman type, it's like, I don't know, maybe that's more valuable than Zeke at this point. Yeah, it's you're in a rock, you're between a rock and a hard place. All right, I, I got to shift gears here for a second. I got to give out a new award too, the Instant Karma Award. I have never in all my life seen something backfire as quickly as the Raiders thing today. The Raiders <laughs> had that huddle at midfield on the Chiefs logo, like the, yeah, like we're going to go and get them immediately give up a touchdown, even though they were on offense. They fumble, and then the fumble six immediately, first play, and then it ends <laughs> up being like 35-3 to three at halftime. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen something go wrong so quickly. <laughs> yeah, that You know what terrible. it reminded me of? You know the scene in the first Indiana Jones where he's off somewhere, uh, and, and he runs into that massive guy, and all the crowd surrounds around them to fight? And this dude is probably 6'9", and Harrison Ford's, you know, whatever size he has. Oh. And the guy pulls out the knife, and he's doing all this shit with a knife, dancing around. And then Harrison Ford just pulls out his pistol, shoots him, and walks away. That the, felt like what the Chiefs, the Chiefs did to the Raiders. <laughs> well, you know, the, you know the two games this season, the Chiefs have outscored the Raiders by 76 points in two games. Oh, my God. Wait. So I was so fascinated by this. I was like, I have to know why they did this. Because it's so dumb. And so I looked it up. So KJ Wright, who's now in the Raiders... He's a linebacker for them. He said, after the game, he said, it was spur of the moment, like referring why did they huddle on the Raiders and the Chiefs uh, logo. He said it was spur of the moment. One guy said, let's go. And we all got a ride together. So we all went out there together. We did it as a team and just gave them a little more motivation than we needed to give them. Literally one guy was like, we're doing this. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to go <laughs> with this, this guy. guy. This guy needs to <laughs> get like, uh, what's the code redded? Like, you know, dude, the, that's dude, it was that Derek Carr basic <laughs> Derek Carr basically said the same thing to He was like, All I'll say is that we have to do everything as a team. Is that like the it's like the shortest guy in the friend group picking a fight with the biggest dude in the other it's friend exactly group? Exactly. Yeah, they got a code. This guy's gonna get code redded. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. after all the shit the Raiders have been through this season to sit there and be like, All right, let's go to the freaking logo. And then like three real time minutes later, they give up a touchdown. Like, do it against Atlanta, you know? Don't do it against a team that, like, killed <laughs> yeah, you in the last game. Do- oh, man. Dude, I just, I couldn't believe that. And also, wait, I don't want that to outshine the fact that they also still, I don't think they did the too high defense against the Chiefs either, right? Again, like, the Chiefs have literally been a below average offense to every team that does the too high. The Raiders don't have the personnel to do it or the will, whatever. They get, sh- they're the only team that's gotten shredded by the Chiefs. Play them again a few weeks later, once again get shredded. And like, it's like the Lucille Blue thing. We, or no, sorry, not Lucille. The, when Tobias, I think Craig mentioned this a few weeks ago, like when Tobias and, um, uh, oh no, what's her name? Tobias's wife, other Bluth. Oh, uh, Portia. 
Yeah, yeah, when they're Portia like Portia Rossi. Portia de Rossi, and they're like, you know, this never works for any other couples. And they're like, <laughs> but it could work for us. And it's like, that's the Raiders like not doing this defense. Oh, yeah. Mike points out, don't forget Gruden did the stupid bus thing last year, too. The bus thing? Mike, come on oh, here. They what? circled the stadium in the bus. Oh, that was it, right. By the way, wow. Mike's a Raiders fan. Mike is a Raiders fan. <laughs> so he's Mike's like a probably Raiders loving fan? This. Mike, yeah. get in here. Mike, get in <laughs> Mike, here. Explain Mike, yourself. Mike, hop in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck is your team? Mike, what was worse, the bus thing or this? I thankfully couldn't watch today, so this wasn't too bad, but oh, my God, do they like to make it hard for themselves? Although they won the bus game, too. Maybe that instilled some false confidence. And that she still bring that up, too. Apparently, Mahomes was, like, in the tunnel tonight, like, remember the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They're all going to get tattoos. Remember the bus. It's like their new battle cry. Remember the bus. Oh, my God. Okay, well, now they can try to forget the, the huddle. I don't know. That was insane. Anyway, they deserved it. That was crazy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right. Next award here. I'm Okay, this is a new award. This is going to take a little bit of explaining. <laughs> I feel like all of my things take a lot of explaining. It's the best kind. The theme with uh, you. It means it's good, Craig. <laughs> That's what <laughs> they always say. If your jokes have we'll to be explained, that they're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a j- rule one of comedy. Over-explained. <laughs> um, all right. So this is called the Red Notice Award. And I'm awarding it to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Red Notice is, so there was a recent movie that just came out on Netflix called Red Notice. And it was starring The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. I actually and, didn't and you know see it. The Rock is in this movie? Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> this is exactly my point. <laughs> what? I, I, have a, I have so many thoughts about Red Notice and like the evolution of like movie stars. Anyway. I, wait, is, but, I, I, I haven't heard of, is this like, am I going to like, Fired or banned from old movie podcast. The Rock did a movie no, with Gal quite, Gadot. It just came and out. Ryan it just came no, out. Don't worry. Quite the opposite. It came out like a month ago on Netflix. And my, my whole, my, pretty much my whole thought is that like the movie star, like the mega mega movie star, is kind of dead now. And that you know, in the eighties, if Sylvester Stallone made a movie, literally everyone saw it, no matter what. And now, if if The Rock, the biggest star on the planet, like Stallone was in the eighties, makes a movie, I'm almost less interested in seeing it because The Rock is in it. Like, I don't like movies because the major, major star is in it because you kind of know it's just going to be bubblegum, going to be like pop. So I'm awarding this to the Chiefs because on the outside, it's like, wow, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. <laughs> this is the red notice but, of teams. Oh my God. Yes. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, Travis Kelsey had five points today. Tyreek had nine and they put up 48. <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of who the Chiefs have been this year. Their, a, their lipstick on a, a pig. formulaic action flick. Everyone knows yes. what's going to happen. But there's no substance to it. <laughs> yeah. You say because Ty- Tyree Kill had like five points and Travis Kelsey had five points. Meanwhile, Josh Gordon had a touchdown and Derek Gore was like a top 15 running back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's Not like, Derek Gore. Yeah. Derek Gore. That's his name. Not Derek Gore. Wait. Who is Yeah. This? Derek Gore. Derek it. Gore. Craig, yeah. did you see Red Notice? No. What Can if, I give you a different awesome. movie, though? It's I don't not. Think this, is, this is not there. This is not Red Notice. It's not. It's this is the other guys. Because you think Sam Jackson and The Rock are in the movie. And then in like the second scene, they're like, aim for the bushes. 
And you're like, oh shit, they're not in this. <laughs> and they die. And like, you're like, oh, 48 point movie. Oh man, Rock and Sam Jackson, this must be great. You're, like, you're like, oh, this movie's starring Derek Gore and Josh <laughs> like, Oh, Kelsey Tyreek Hill didn't do anything. This- yeah, so anyway, there's my explanation. Did it work? I mean, yeah, um, it took a while to get there, but I liked it. It was a good detour. Okay. I kind of, I, yeah, it worked. Thank you. Yes, and. I, literally, that's what crossed across my head. I was like, I'm going to argue this, and he's going to give me shit I just, for arguing. My, so my like, point yeah, is that they, they still seem flashy. We, we have it in our heads. We're anchored to the Chiefs of old, right? And now they actually don't at all deliver like they used to. I thought you were going to say something about, like, I've never heard of this movie, and, like, never heard of the Chiefs scoring 48 points without Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey doing anything. Well, I live in L.A., so it's hard to not know about a movie because there's just billboards constantly that's everywhere. But All right. Well, it's a, we've already spent too much time in this Chiefs Raiders game, but screw it, let's do it more. I, I I have to give some credit to someone that I have never wanted to admit is good at fantasy. I forget fantasy. I've never wanted to admit this person's good at football. Hunter Renfro, who looks or sounds or plays nothing like Darren Waller, and yet he has replaced Darren Waller as the number one guy in the Raiders offense. Like since Darren Waller got hurt, Hunter Renfro has three straight hundred yard games. To put that in context, three straight hundred yard games, like. He had 300-yard gains in his first 39 games of his career. He had two, 200-yard games in his first 39, and now he's three in his last three. Like, this is ridiculous. And I kind of thought of Hunter Renfro as the single least athletic wide receiver in the NFL. And now I'm like, is he just great? He's pretty athletic. I think he's, 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 I don't know, like, how to explain this without sounding like a complete cliche. He's very quick. You know what I, I mean? But that's the thing. Gritty. I felt like he was the cliche of like, if you could, if the cliche about white slot receivers was like channeled in the energy and just became a human being, it was everything I've ever heard about Hunter Redfro. The grit, yes. the yeah. winning at Clemson, like everything he's ever done, like Gruden literally calling him a Gruden grinder. I'm like, this guy probably isn't that good. And everyone's like, oh my God, the routes he does with his feet. It's like he goes in and out and it's like a double fake. I'm like, the he didn't invent he double does. fakes. Why does Hunter Renfro get good, credit for these routes that everyone else does do? He had a pretty good ISO route touchdown today. I don't I know. I know. That's he's what good. I'm wondering. I think like, he's good. I think you need to like, like just let that into your heart. Like acknowledge well, it a, and, and move I, forward. And accept do I have that to admit Hunter Renfro's good? And more importantly, do I have to like accept when every, every announcer now for the rest of his career is going to be like, oh my God, look at that route. Like, is it actually a good route that he does? Yes, it is. This isn't like an accident. He's a good player. I, I feel like I, I get it because, look, I saw him at the Combine. I'll never forget the first time I saw him at the Combine. I was like, that guy looks like the ball boy or someone that's like helping out, <laughs> like setting up the like the, you know, the Combine stuff. He paints the lines on the field. Yeah. Um, but he's a gamer, dude. He's just he's literally he's just straight. God, up. He's it. just good, man. I don't know. He's your dad's favorite player. We have player. to come up with some words other than gamer and gritty and quick to describe this guy. Well, it's just because he's so different. He, he just doesn't look like he'd be an explosive athlete, but he is. He's like skinny and, and he's like a short, skinny guy. <laughs> Don't you think that if he had a chiseled jawline and a better hairline, we wouldn't think any of this? Yeah, like if he looked like Julian Edelman or something, like no yes. one would give a shit. I, I truly think if he has a strong jaw and a firmer hairline, none of us think any of this. And we just and think there's he's obviously all the memes between him and DK Metcalf, and he's just like quadrupled what DK Metcalf has done over the last month in terms of so, production. DK, I get that, like, obviously, based on the way he looks, you think he's a ball boy. But let's say he was just, like, a gray blob <laughs> at the combine. Like, he was just a silhouette of a person, and you were watching him run and move. Would you still think that, or no? Yeah, because he kind of, the way he runs is sort of, like, 
like I don't even know. Like it's not smooth. I would say. No, you know what I mean? that's the thing. It's not smooth. Like He's, that's he looks like kind of the whole lanky. thing for this kind of player. I don't know. Anyway, I did see, I, just, I, saw him, I, I, I saw him at the combine. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. He had a big catch in the Senior Bowl in the game, like he where he elevated and like went up and caught the ball over guys. Like I don't know. He's just good at football. I don't care. Like I, I understand like why it's funny and everything, but like we need to just accept it that Let's he's. Say, I'm not arguing. Good. This is the I don't want to admit this guy is good award, and like I'm admitting he's good. I just <laughs> yeah, okay. I just can't believe that I'm gonna have to hear about how this guy's routes are different than everyone else's routes for like the rest of his career. That's all. I'm accepting that. I'm like, fine, whatever. I'll I'll, I'll deal with it. All right, let's move right. on. Fair enough, Heifetz. Uh I got a new I got a new one for you. This is the old yellow award. I'm not sure if I've ever done this one or not, but somebody needs to take these teams behind the woodshed and put them out of their misery. <laughs> I Jesus. can't stand watching the Jaguars right now. First of all, let's start with the Jags. Um. I don't even like. I don't even know exactly where to start. Obviously, Urban Meyer is the the big, like the face of the the franchise, the face of all the problems. Uh, this week, a report came out that he basically went up in front of the whole team and was like calling his assistant coaches losers. And yep. he's a winner. They're losers. You guys have to defend your resumes. You have to tell us why you're winners. Blah blah blah. Basically, like deflecting all the blame for why the Jags suck. Um, this is adding to a laundry list of things that have happened in a very short, like three quarters of a season that he's been here. Um, he got, I, I made a list. This is probably not even everything. He got investigated by the NFLPA for saying he'd cut unvaxxed players. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, he hired strength coach, Chris Doyle, who got run out of Iowa's program for being a racist. Basically he resigned. He's the whole Tim Tebow day. in like two days. Yeah. How about, how about splitting time with Lawrence and Minshew? Yeah, the the QB competition where you could be giving your first overall pick generational QB prospects some some very valuable reps in training camp, the preseason, all that stuff. Instead, he decided to have this like faux QB competition. Then they traded him for a sixth rounder. It didn't even pay off. Um, Wait, did you mention Tebow? Yeah, I said yeah. Tebow. They signed Tebow. The whole Tebow debacle, and then they of traded. Course, this is the oh. worst one in my mind. He he didn't fly home with the team after a loss. Went to a bar and was seen grinding on like a girl. Like the whole thing, this like this has been objectively a disaster. Like I don't. In all fairness, pretty pretty cool. It was his bar. <laughs> yeah, pretty well, pretty cool. Flex. Pretty cool. Cool guy. He's, I, 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 mean, like I went cool to the guy. Urban Meyer Pine House, and don't please don't forget that when you walk, it wasn't the exact one. Apparently, there's a few in Columbus. Don't forget when you walk in Urban Meyer Pine House, the first thing you see is this giant portrait of him and his wife and i was like wow that's he's a family man he was literally doing this as his wife was like literally there's a portrait of his wife overhead while this is happening but also don't forget that like fl not flying back on the plane is ridiculous like yeah. people in the nfl are like i have never heard of a coach not <laughs> yeah, flying a so plane ridiculous. and so they're already like what is going on that he had to like stay in columbus with his like that's weird and then they saw the video and they're like oh anyway i think i don't know how much money he's got guaranteed my advice to shot Khan or whatever, like whoever is making the ultimate decision i guess it is Khan, would be to cut your losses at this point because if you ruin trevor lawrence that's going to set your franchise back like a decade plus um or whatever i don't know maybe that's hyperbole but it's going to set your it's going to set your franchise back 10 like five years um five years and, is super fair because trevor right. lawrence should be elevating the entire franchise yeah and he looks like he's straight up sucks right now. Like Lawrence has been really struggling. He has, I think, one touchdown in six games. Oh my god, it's bad. It's really bad. 
Um, I don't think Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Trevor Lawrence sucks. I think it's. I think he's playing very poorly, but I think it's uh, basically a confluence of all these variables, like the skill players. They got injuries. Um, the coaching is terrible. I've seen so many people talking um, about and writing in-depth articles about like how the concepts that they're using are just straight up bad. Maybe that's on Daryl Bevel. Maybe that is why you know Urban Meyer is calling these guys out. Maybe they do actually suck too. But he Urban Meyer them. clearly has to go. Like this has to end. Well, so here's on this note, I I, I want to throw something out here. I think Urban Meyer should go in the burn book. <laughs> because he's well, yeah. destroyed a team like like he has sunk an NFL franchise that like we did, there's only 32 of these teams we can get fantasy players from and I, like I mean he has turned one of them into an abyss yeah I mean there wasn't a whole lot to there wasn't a whole lot there last year either but like at least you can have some garbage time fantasy production from these guys it's like now man it's just like nothing so wait explain to me why they can't just fire him does he have guaranteed money is that why so they're not like players. Like the NFL players, like a portion is guaranteed and most of it's not. Like if you fire the coach, you still have to pay him. That's what that in college football, like there's buyouts. Like you have to like right. gather the money to fire him so that you can pay him the money you owe him. But like literally you're paying him to go away. When you pay, when you hire a coach like Urban Meyer to retirement, or he was retired, when you hire him at a retirement, you probably got a big deal. And like to call that a sunk cost, when did the, 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 Incident at the Urban Meyer Pine House happened like two, like six or seven weeks in the season to call that investment a sunk cost and pay him to leave like basically six weeks into the season is like such a disaster. You almost have to calm down and be like, all right, maybe we can weather through this. But that's the real answer. It's like they, they have to pay him to fire him. And they're like, damn, like, let's just see if this turns around. Do you think he's back next year? I think that it's been so bad that maybe they'll eat the cost because it's it. There's been so little progress. Again, we're we're now six weeks removed from the Urban Meyer Pine House thing, and they got shut out by the Titans, who dude, don't dude, have any of their good players. Ryan Tannehill had 190 yards. They didn't have a running back run for more than 47, and they lost 20 to zero. And he threw four. Trevor Lawrence threw four picks. Like the real question is, what does Urban Meyer say in the meeting where they're like, hey, like. Why should we keep you? What does Urban Meyer say about the progress they made this year as a team for Trevor Lawrence? Like you have Trevor Lawrence in the media being like, why are we not playing James Robinson? (laughs) He has to berate him on the sideline and then in the media, your rookie quarterback. Like, what does he have to say other than deflecting blame to other people? What does he say about the job he's done? There's nothing positive here. There's like, is there two positive things about this team on the entire season? Like the defensive line, I guess, is good. Defense has been decent, actually, I guess. Yeah. All right. The, the, anyway, he j- it seems I I don't know. It seems like he's desperate at this point. Like he's he's getting a little desperate, and things are it's unraveling for him, and he realizes it. Um, Was it, he trying I, to look tough on the handshake thing, like a like a tough coach? No, I think he was. I think he's fundamentally like a little awkward with the press, more so than you'd ever think. Because like, remember when he was like <laughs> like the thirtieth thing that's happened this season? Like, remember when the um. The USC job yeah, came up and someone yeah. at, like he wasn't connected to it, but it was obvious because everyone was like, like, well, he's probably getting fired from this pine house thing. So like, let's see if it goes to USC. And then Mike Tomlin was like, nope, never, never say never, but fucking never. He didn't say fucking, but like, I mean, Mike Tomlin did not. And then Urban Meyer was like looking at the floor and was like, yeah, no, I'm not interested in that. But it's like, he just doesn't have quite the presence you think of when you think of coaches. Um, yeah. So I think that's part of it. But I also just think he's such a competitive dude. Apparently, he started berating staff for losing preseason games. And, like, I don't think he can handle being shut out in the NFL by, oh again, gosh. Mike Vrabel, who he was, like, 
the lowest level coach on my on Urban Meyer's staff at Ohio State. Now he's getting rocked in the NFL by this dude. I don't think he has any idea what to do. This can't be over soon enough. I feel so bad for Jags fans because there should be so much. There's so much reason for optimism with like Lawrence going forward, but this is just brutal. Uh, I saw this from JJ Zacharyson. Final thought: No Jags receiver has finished in the top twenty in PPR since week six. It's a it's a wasteland. Can we burn Urban Meyer? Yeah. Do we have any other candidates? One hundred percent burn. The only reason why I'm like he he's so irrelevant. Like the fantasy burn book implies that you're actually involved in the fantasy season in some form. He is so far off relevancy in fantasy football that I'm like, I guess, like, I guess we burn him. Should okay, we how burn about James Dan Robinson Campbell? Had, um, how about James Robinson played 60% of snaps and had six touches and got four yards today? Yeah, that's, <laughs> bu- that's tough. Okay, yeah. That's I mean, what am I gonna Rendering I'm James not- Robinson, what, what's a closer that just gets absolutely bombed at the end of this year? <laughs> he's Chad Green. You guys don't know Yankees eighth inning guys, but he's the Chad Green of... Is, is, is that the guy getting? who wears, does he wear goggles? No, that's Joe Kelly. Oh, oh. anyway, uh, that's fine. What am I going to do? Argue in defense of Urban Meyer? No. (laughs) If you have someone else that's like more relevant, more burnable, but like just for what he's done to James Robinson last three weeks, again, James Robinson had 11, two points and today. He had four yards. He had James Robinson had four tenths of a point today after we were, after we were hoping that he would get like a tremendous workload. Also, this feels like a nice bow on the, on like the fantasy burn book of the regular season. You know, yeah. we might be done after today. We actually haven't even talked about that. Like, I don't know if the burn book continues into the playoffs, but urban is a nice bow saying thanks for nothing this season. You ruined Trevor Lawrence for a year. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're old yellowing the Jaguars while we're at it. Okay. Burn urban. Meyer, you're burned. And I'm just going to quickly shout out, like, while you're doing the Jaguars, just old yellow the Giants, too. You can old yellow the Giants. Oh, That's yeah. Fine. Can we talk about the Giants real quick? I know that we spent a lot of time on the Jags, but uh, prior to Saquon it's Barkley. for me. It's... I know, Craig. Or, sorry, Heifetz. I know this is... I don't know how you feel about this. Maybe it's, like, satisfying, I guess, because you've been basically telling us not to play any uh, Giants players ever. I saw this uh, today. Prior to Saquon Barkley's fourth quarter garbage time TD. So, in the fourth was quarter, Barkley scored. Prior to that, in the last month, here is a comprehensive list of players that have scored a touchdown for the Giants. Chris Meyerick, Andrew Thomas, who is a left tackle, and Elijah Penny, who is a fullback. That's, that's it. In last month, those are the players that have scored a touchdown for the Giants until Saquon Barkley had a garbage time touchdown today. They can't score touchdowns. Like, I know that this seems like an obvious thing that, like, teams are trying to do, you know? Like, the foundation, like, the sub, like the foundation of football is, like, trying to score touchdowns. They're bad at it. They're extremely I bad am, at scoring for touchdowns. For the third year in a row, actively rooting against the Giants in December. I don't want to, like, I, I don't like to be like, oh, I was totally right about this bet. I plugged Chargers giving nine and a half points on Friday. And then, do you guys remember what I said? I literally said, I'll give them 20. I don't give a shit. I know they ended up not being 20, but it might as well have been. Mike Lennon ran in a touchdown with a minute left. Like, this game was pathetic. The team's pathetic. We don't have to linger here. They're awful, and I am almost thankful that I do this for a living and can pay attention to 31 other teams because this, like, they're awful. They don't deserve our time. All right, we can move on. All right, Jesus. Yeah, old yeller them. That's fine with me. All right. We got to go out of order here. That's too much negativity. Yeah. I'm looking. We need something positive. That's why I drafted you. Please tell me something about some good player. Someone. All right. So things got a little hairy there in the middle of the season, but Tyler Lockett coming on strong in the fantasy world. 
Uh, five catches, 142 yards, a touchdown today, 27.2 points in PPR. Lockett now, in five out of his last six games, has scored 12-plus points, including two like explosion games of 25-plus. And I think Russell Wilson, it's safe to say, is like pretty much back. Like The CX offense clearly isn't perfect. But mallet finger Wilson, where he's like like sailing past his 10 yards over guys like five yards away, is not really happening anymore. The Seahawks seem to have found their groove a little bit. It does help, obviously, that they're playing bad defenses in Houston. But the rest of the season, the Seahawks have mostly bad defenses. They get the Bears. They get the Lions. Uh, they do have to play the Rams next week, so that's a little bit tough. But I still think Lockett is, I guess, like the safest fantasy player in the Seahawks offense. And just those moonshots are back is the main thing. Like downfield explosive passes. Russell Wilson seems to be like mostly back to like his old self. Um, so yeah, that's why I drafted you. Like this is what we were hoping for from Lockett. And he's coming through again. The flip side is DK Metcalf just remains just DB Cooper. Just <laughs> yeah, DK, it's, it's DK tough. Cooper at this point. <laughs> yeah. Since the foursome brutal. still hasn't scored a touchdown. Just saying. He has not had a touchdown since the foursome incident. Or since the threesome. He scored enough that night. Foursome attempt. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's really that's really the problem. The, the opposite of what boxers do, you know, like how boxers are like, I'm going to abstain from sex for. X oh yeah, get that days. get that tee up. That's, yeah. yeah, wow. Uh, uh, wait, speaking of Seahawks and scoring though, um, we have a very emotional moment to get to today. Yeah, Which, you're the, damn the real, you're damn the ultimate right. Never do. wrong. Only earlier awards just Rashad Penny. Craig, number, I'm going to give this one to you. The number two running back today was Rashad Penny. Yeah, I mean. Just across the board looked like looked like a first round pick. <laughs> the second coming. It's really like a Bo Jackson <laughs> mixed with like the Transformers and like Op, it was like Optimus Prime, like, you know. Yes. Um, he was incredible, DK, right? Don't you think that he actually yeah. maybe there's not a coincidence that the Seahawks offense has clicked in in the two games that Rashad Penny's kind of been the starter. He's the only running back on the team who can actually like make a 20-yard run. He's stiff arming people, he looks elusive. Rashad Penny's finally healthy. He had a, an emotional press conference after the game, pretty much saying like, it got pretty dark there for a while where I was getting injured so frequently that I it was hard to just like get up every morning and like, you know, think I might have a career in the NFL. And I'm really happy. He's still relatively young. What is he, 25, maybe 26? Yeah, I think he's 25. Yeah, I, I hope he stays healthy, but he looks great. And I, I've never once thought he wasn't a good player. He's just always hurt. You know, obviously Rashad Penny's long been a. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, and um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was wondering basically should the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson for three first round picks and build around Rashad Penny, and I was wondering that today, and then I realized no, they should flip Rashad Penny for three first round picks. Mm. I mean, most teams would probably pay for that. Yeah, I would do that after today. Hell yeah, um, yeah. I think so. Congrats. I'm I'm happy for you guys. I'm gonna let you guys have this moment. This is sweet. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just. I'm. I mean, obviously, I'm still a little worried that he'll get hurt again. Obviously that's like the big question that's hanging over his head and it will hang over his head probably for a couple of years here, even if he does stay healthy. Um, but yeah, to, to Craig's point, like he looked really good. He looked explosive. Um, and that's kind of been the thing, like over the years as a Seahawks, as a CX fan and a person that's been in CX Twitter, like the big thing we've always talked about is like, you know, they draft him and then the next season, or I don't remember the timeline exactly. Chris Carson emerges and he's like this seventh round pick and he's like better than Carson. He's better than Penny. He's like really dynamic. He like breaks tackles, all this stuff. Um, but the argument, the counter argument to that has always been, whereas uh, Chris Carson doesn't really create explosive plays. Like, in fact, he like almost never creates explosive plays because he's kind of slow. He's just a tackle breaker. 
Penny is this guy that comes in and just like gives them some juice. It gives them that it's like the thunder and lightning thing. Um, and it's weird because he's a big guy, but like he really does have that ability to like hit the home run. I think he had two 30 plus yard touchdowns today, which is I think only one other Seahawk has ever done that in a game. Um, so I mean that kind of gives you the idea of like his style, I guess, is which which is exactly what the Seahawks need, I think, really, and with the way that their offense is kind of stalled out lately. Um, so having that explosive element, really good. I think you know, and we said this before the game, I think the CX are trying to feature him at this point. Like, it's now or never, dude. Like, you know, hopefully you can stay healthy, but here's your opportunity. Chris Carson's gone. Uh, Alex Collins isn't doing anything. They don't really like any of these other guys. They put uh, Adrian Peterson back on the practice squad. I don't even think he's on the uh, active roster right now. So He's hurt. Penny, go do your thing. Yeah, he's got a lower back injury or something like that right now. So it's Penny's show here, and he could really come back in the fantasy playoffs and be like a factor which would be fun. But again, I think still it's a little bit worried sticking him in that starting lineup. Just saying he's got the fifth greatest single season college football season of all time as a running back. Fifth all time. Yeah, he's a first round pick. He's a first round pick. I'm going to let you guys have this. Is what I'm going to do. There's a tinge of condescension in there and I don't love it. Mm. More than a tinge. (laughs) A whole, a, a pinch, a dash. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That was, that was nice. Pos- that's enough positivity for me. Let's go back to the negativity. I, I need the Mitchell Trubisky don't watch him play award. Taysom Hill somehow remains the most satisfying player to have picked up at quarterback when you just read the box score. And when you watch it and play, you feel so stupid for putting him in your fantasy lineup. <laughs> I feel like an idiot when I watch him play football. Yeah. So Hill, his stat line actually doesn't look that bad, but because <laughs> he had he was 15 to 21, 175 yards, 11 rushes, 73 yards, two touchdowns. He has 26 fantasy points. QB four this week. But when you like yeah, when you read watch, the numbers, you're like, oh great. So when glad you we watch recommended the game, Hill. it's like I remember seeing tweets from like Saints beat writers and Saints fans, but they were just like, yikes, this is fucking gross. Like the offense was not working. Mind um, you, one of those rushing touchdowns came with like a minute left in the game. Yeah, he had like a doesn't matter. He had like a big breakaway rush, and apparently they were like kind of mad at him for scoring the touchdown because they said he should have slid. I think was that a thing? Like they just wanted to run the clock out instead. Um, but anyway, I'm glad he ran it in for a touchdown. It's getting this is like performance art. Like there's really, really only two or three coaches in the entire league that can get away with like what the fuck this Taysom Hill thing is. Like, <laughs> like it's kind of this perfect confluence of yeah. like Sean Payton has like total job security in New Orleans. 
They have a weird ownership situation. Like, like the fact that he just gets to just dick around with the most important position, the most important job at this like billion dollar company is kind of nuts. They keep Especially giving him extensions. He's like borderline, like seems bored. And he's like, you know what? What if I like made Taysom Hill relevant one games with him? He's just trolling us at this point. However, it's great for fantasy because like I said, uh, the rushing upside is there. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily trust it week in and week out still. I mean, obviously, you know, we've touted him. I think the rushing thing is like the big deal, really. Like he's their goal line back in a lot of cases. Um, but the passing is just so bad. It's almost kind of like the Cam Newton factor. It's like, I'm a little worried he's, he's going to so get benched. Bad. Wait, I just remembered something. DK will not get this. Maybe Craig. My friend pointed it. Shout out my friend, Mike, who said this to me today, Craig. When Taysom Hill's at the goal line, though, uh, like when they're inside the 10-yard line, really, defenses react like when you're playing Call of Duty, like in Warzone, when someone has like a, a riot shield. Like if, like if DK, it's like it's not a gun. Like they just have a riot shield, and they hit it with, you and you can't shoot through it. And like if they hit it with you twice, you die. And it's like it's not like that dangerous, but like if you don't handle the situation right, they'll beat you. And it's just like <laughs> you just like you haven't done this a lot, and so you end up getting hit. You feel like an idiot because this person just killed you with a riot shield. But that's kind of how defenses react. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I like that. that works. That works shockingly he, well. For he has time. like the highest ceiling and both floor since like I think maybe Tim Tebow. Like I could envision a game where he gets <laughs> negative two points and gets benched yes. in the second. Yes, and then he also puts up twenty six today. It's you know what I think the common thread between him and Taysom Hill and Tim Tebow, other than like getting way too many opportunities because um, just being this like weird white quarterback propped up. I think the other thing is like, I think that they need that faith to play with what they're doing <laughs> because I don't like, I think you have to believe in God a lot to be trying. Taysom had trying. the rare like self-inflicted force fumble untouched. He just like was trying yeah. to throw and fumbled. So I he, like squirted I, out I, of his hands. I mean, like, look, he's got mallet finger. Let's keep that in sure. mind. You know, that's context. <laughs> he wasn't playing well before he had the mallet figure. Wow. Right. Sure. I just, in all seriousness, I do think Mina Kimes is my favorite theory of quarterbacks, which is like they have to believe they are a god or they have to believe in God. And like, <laughs> pretty easily bucket quarterbacks into that. Like, you know, yeah. Rodgers and Baker and Brady are on one side and Phil Rivers and, and some guys are on the other one. And like, I think Taysom Hill believes in God and Sean Payton believes that Taysom Hill is God. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what happened to Tim Tebow. He was the anomaly, I guess. Tim <laughs> Tebow. I don't know. Um, He's doing fine. Keeping up with the Mitch Trubisky with the Don't Watch Him Play Award. Ben Roethlisberger, since Ben came back from injury, which was four weeks ago, he's the QB3. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, can you say I, that like, again? Actually I must have to hear that. In the last four weeks, he's the QB3. <laughs> are you shitting me? Obviously, That's there are hilarious. buys worked in, but in general, he's playing well. <laughs> Uh, and it's awful to watch. In, in the Minnesota game, it was a lot of garbage time. But he's kind of—I don't—I don't really know Wait. what's going on with Ben. He's having one of the most bizarre, like, final seasons of all time. I think he's getting better as the season goes. That's it not supposed no to happen. Sense. Older quarterbacks—he's not supposed to. Older quarterbacks almost, except Brady, almost always get worse as it gets colder. So I had this realization watching the game the other day, and I realized who Big Ben is. And you know, in Wedding Crashers, when Jeremy, aka Vince Vaughn, is like playing quarterback in them like the scrimmage game where they're like doing like yeah you know touch the turkey day the turkey bowl yeah <laughs> he's that guy he's just like sitting back there hot route hot route hot route hot route <laughs> he's like isn't he like I'll put it wherever you want it <laughs> it's like I was the first team I'll stay I'll put it wherever you want it. <laughs> put it wherever you want it. 
Oh make it God. rain out here. <laughs> and, and then he gets drilled and he's like on the ground. He's like wheezing. If there was, if I had any breath in my lungs, I'd scream at you. Yeah. <laughs> that he is Vince Vaughn in that movie. Same body so. currently. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I also just realized that oh he God. has outplayed Patrick Mahomes in all three of the weeks that Patrick Mahomes has last played, including this week. <laughs> Vince he's Vaughn has been better than Mahomes outright. I think if I made a if I made a Big Ben movie, Vince Vaughn is the lead. <laughs> That's a great cast. <laughs> oh my God. Vince Vaughn is dude. huge. Vince Vaughn is that dude. He's like the right size too. Yeah, he's so hard. Lumbering he's identical like, build. The like, size is like the hardest part of yeah. Vaughn's like six five. <laughs> we, should we cut this and just like send this to Bill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, we have to get this moving. This is the point in the podcast on Sundays where we just get like we lose it. I think next from Ringer Films. <laughs> oh my! What god. if I told you? Oh my! Quarterback god. didn't work out in the offseason. <laughs> well, I'm gonna make it rain out here. I'll put it wherever you want it. Hot route. (laughs) All his his receivers are like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Deontay Johnson. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Just run out there. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Jesus. All right. They're they're real and spectacular award. All right. I just wanted to, I just want to hit Javante Williams real quick. Melvin Gordon had an amazing day. And I think, it's all clear now that Melvin Gordon isn't going anywhere. Like there was some hope coming off of these last couple of weeks that Javante Williams was just going to like take over the backfield because he was so good. Melvin Gordon isn't going anywhere. However, I just want to shout out Javante Williams is like incredible. Like talent wise, burst, tackle breaking, all that stuff. He looks incredible. He had 83 total yards, three touchdowns today. And it kind of is re- a little bit reminiscent of like Jonathan Taylor's stretch run last year. Um, this is maybe just like, Put it in the back of your head. Save it for the summer when we're all doing drafts again. We're starting to think about next year. Like, if Melvin Gordon is in a... If, if the picture is different here, like, I could see Javante Williams being, like, sort of like the Jonathan Taylor type player next year. So, I just want to shout that out because he just looks incredible. I want to do the exact opposite because DK said Javante Williams would be good in the second half of the season and he was right. I want to do the opposite. I want to do the eat your words. Davis Mills, I bet the under on him having 221 passing yards. He had, like, 160 in, like, the first, like, 12 minutes of the game. Dude's um, good. And I just, he was slicing and dicing. Listen he started to me. 13 of 13. It felt like like he... Honestly, I think he might listen to the podcast. <laughs> listen up. Davis Mills is <laughs> actually good at football. I'd take him right now over Zach Wilson for the career. <laughs> that is hot. I, that is do a you, spicy take. Is it? Do you watch it? both play? I mean, One, I've watched... Davis Mills has looked pretty good in like two games this year. Otherwise, he's looked completely lost. What about Zach Wilson? Mm, okay, he's lost. He's he's looked lost every he's game. He's looked too. like the third and or fourth best quarterback on his team. Shit, <laughs> shit. You kind of got me there. Uh, Mike White. <laughs> he's has better. Looked better. Joe Flacco has looked better. God I damn think it. the shortest answer, honestly, is that like Zach Wilson went to this awful situation with no mentorship or leadership and a bad offensive line that got hurt. And like the Texans' offensive line could be a lot worse. Like it's not the worst offensive line for like a. You know what I mean? They actually have two competent tackles. Davis Mills, I think, at the end of the day, could be like a serviceable backup. I don't, I don't know about Zach Wilson. Davis Mills can like hit a guy open. Zach Wilson's like <laughs> airmailing dudes who are six feet in front of him. 
We're DK. As we get to draft season, we're going to talk a lot about this. DK. I, I just before the draft, Zach Wilson's like, oh, you know, he's like Mahomes. And then after the draft, he's playing. You're like, oh, he thinks he's Mahomes. You're like, yeah, that yeah. never changed. He just went to the Jets, who fucking suck. Well, <laughs> my my analysis, I didn't. I haven't like watched closely because it's the Jets. But every time I look at Wilson when he's throwing, his feet aren't getting set. Like his feet are a mess. It's kind of the same That's deal. Mahomes. Actually. I know, and it's like he needs to just sort of like get back to basics, I think, is the main thing. And that's why, like, for instance, what we were just saying, like Mike White, Joe Flacco, like, yeah, they're checking it down, but like, they're at least they're accurate. Um, and so I think Zach Wilson, I, I'm not ready to give up on Zach Wilson. I'm ready. But <laughs> that's fine. Chris. I think it's the Jets. The Jets are the problem. Like, like I really firmly, like, I've been radicalized this year. Like, the Jets are the fucking problem. How many, or how many quarterbacks can the Jets just chew up and spit out until it's like that team is the problem and the quarterbacks might have been good somewhere else. Is it the spirit? Like Matt Jones and is it the sorry to interrupt you? Is it the spirits of the of the Jets franchise haunting these players? I mean, they have a completely new offensive coordinator, a, a new head coach. Like it's not the same as Adam Gase. Why is and you No, it's because the NFL is a fake industry where in the real life bad companies fucking go out of business and cease to exist. <laughs> and in the NFL, the bad companies get the best players. And then those players relegated. aren't good. It's like, it's the opposite of competition. Like, they don't deserve these great players. Like, Mac Jones would fucking suck this year if he was on the Jets. He'd be awful. He went to the Patriots, so he's good. It's not an accident that the good teams magically end up with good players. It's because they were already good. I, I do agree with you, but I, I think, I don't know if I agree. Like, I think if Justin Herbert as a rookie was put on this year's Jets team with Sala and LaFleur, I don't think he'd be that bad. <laughs> I don't think he'd be that great. Well, like, like, I think, I think he'd like, end up being like, probably, I don't know if he'd be the same guy, but I, I think he'd be close. I think Zach Wilson would be shitty in most places, to be honest. <laughs> Zach Wilson's uh, kind of an interesting thing because he's like such a strange skill set, like playing from like where he came from to like where he ended up. And like, it's worth remembering, like it's worth being humble about this. Like, I don't think we will or really at least should ever be as out on someone again because Josh Allen, I know that he's going to be like forever like the fodder for people to like stick to quarterbacks who are bad, but it is worth remembering like everyone had declared victory that Josh Allen was awful after two years. Right. And literally got MVP votes last fucking season. I know, but how, how many years and, are we going to do this where every time a quarterback sucks, we go, well, Josh Allen sucks. Well, sucked. I don't know, but it's worth Five remembering more. that like he was, he was <laughs> literally last in the league in completion percentage. And I don't know, I'm just, but my point being, if you zoom out, like it's a fair point. I get what you're saying, but it's hard not to just trust my eyes. I think that, but I, I think the uniforms are the problem. It, the organization's the problem. Maybe it's not right. Zach Wilson. Like, I'm tired of blaming the quarterback. Like, it's the fucking team. I'm dumping the my team shares. He's chewing these. Oh. I'm the dumping my I'm shares. Not, the only reason I'm not giving up on Zach Wilson is because Trevor Lawrence has looked like total dog shit. And I don't think Trevor Lawrence is bad. I just That's think exactly they're both in really point. terrible positions. They're an awful, like, can you imagine Trevor Lawrence was on the Patriots? Like, just think about that for two seconds. And Mac Jones was in Jacksonville. That's all. Okay. Anyway, Davis Mills, I think, actually. <laughs> might not be the worst quarterback I've ever seen. All right. Um, any other random stuff? Yeah. Um, this award is called The Players You'll Never Start, But They're Gonna Ruin Your Day. And it's <laughs> it's all these fuckers on the Chargers that every week have a... Like, collectively, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, Donald Parham. It's like all three of them kind of sound the same. It was like they did that <laughs> SNL sketch a while ago called... They did a whole sketch. It was a game show called... Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney. 
And it was <laughs> two actors who have very similar sounding names, like Guyton, Josh Palmer, Donald Parham. I don't know who's who, but like every week, one of them is taking a touchdown from Mike Williams and it pisses me <laughs> off. And they did it again this week. <laughs> I think they both did it. Steven Anderson yeah. is another guy on that team. If you add all their stats together, that they are like Mike Williams and it pisses me off because as an entity, they are, they are competing with him directly and it pisses me off. We need to figure out a way to get fantasy points for double teams. I think Mike Williams this season has truly illuminated to me how, how, how hard it is to do this because it's like Craig is so on with the Mike Williams thing. And then teams are like, wow, Mike Williams is great. We got to double that guy. And then you're like, he's over. He's done. Like he's got two weeks, like in the final, like 12 of the season. And it's like, you should get some kind of fantasy reward. If a team's like, no, we're that guy too good. He's too good. We can't let him get the it's ball. It's like a handicap like the, or like something. Jalen Guyton's get him. Yeah. Maybe he starts with four points. He gets a little handicap if you get double team. I don't know. <laughs> we should have fantasy handicaps. That's such a good, like Cooper cup giving 12 to Jalen Guyton. It's like perfect. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. That's incredible. Oh my God. I, who is it the other day? Oh, we had some two teams competing for last place in their league. And so they benched all, they agreed to bench all their players except their kickers. And they had a kickoff. Oh, that's amazing. Because they were so embarrassed. And then one guy actually had, having a Daniel Carlson on the Thanksgiving Raiders game, which had like, like 23 <laughs> points. Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking we should do that more. It's kind of like when you were a kid and you played capture the flag. And you remember like, I mean, this is like a douchey 12 year old thing to do, but like guys would like grab each other's arms and like, see if you could pull someone to the other side and like loser just had to go to like capture the flag jail. But it's like the one V one duels. Like, but with handicaps, like, hey, I'll, I'll play Cooper Cup. I'll give you 12 points and you can play Mike Williams. It's a duel. That'd be great. I like it. Like a, that's a new rule. Trial by combat, but for fantasy. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's incredible. Okay. Uh, I think that's all we got. The burn book, we forgot to do the recap. Real quick for the burn book. Week one, we got Raheem Mostert. Week two is Marquez Callaway for the Saints. Week three, we just burned Kyle Shannon for the Niners, which really held. Week four is Mike Davis, RIP. Week five is Allen Robinson. That's held. Week six, Miles Gaskin, who we unburned. Week seven's Robbie Anderson, who played well today, but we're not unburning. Week eight was Odell. Did we? We unburned unburn because Odell? he is on a different team now. Okay. So pending Monday Night Football, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Odell got unburned. Week nine is Julio, who came back and showed us why he was burned. Week 10 is Jarvis, who deserved it. Week 11, Russell Wilson. He might be coming out. He, he might be coming out soon. Week 12 is Cortland Sutton. Week 13 is Mahomes. And week 14 is Urban Meyer. My question being, should Russell Wilson be unburned? Khaleesi, the unburnt. Isn't it crazy that you're asking that before you, we talk about Patrick Mahomes? And, and Russ had mallet finger, and we're still willing to take him out before Mahomes. No, I, I would not unburn Mahomes. Me I don't know if it's a good idea. only played well against the Raiders I know, in the last like two months. No, we got to keep him in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I'm not ready to take Russell Wilson out of the burn book the week before he plays the Rams. Same. We're going to have to have like a long discussion about whether you can play Patrick Mahomes against the Chargers in the playoffs next week, in the fantasy playoffs. Like, I, I don't I don't think you kind of can. And he's going in to play the king, the lord of the cover two. Keep it in front of you. <laughs> Dude, he's cracked 15 points only against the Raiders since like Halloween. How yeah. do you play Patrick Mahomes? I hate that. Put a roof anyway. on him. I, I don't know. We'll just. <laughs> Let's put a roof on this pod. All right. Indeed. Uh, we all did well in prop bets. We all won two for three. That's solid. Craig's long and shot parlay hit. Your money line yeah. parlay hit. Your underdog parlay nice. um, did not, but did the, not. the other one did good. Uh, Roof on the pod. Real quick, I forgot to mention, Elijah Penny scored two touchdowns today too. Rashad Penny's brother. Did I already mention that? 
No, but you mentioned because you mentioned him when you talked about the Giants players who had scored. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But he, four <laughs> touchdowns for the Penny Brothers today. Apex Mountain for the Penny. What family. a day! What a day! Did Elijah Penny have two touchdowns today? Yeah, he caught one and he he ran one in, I believe. No, he just had one. Yeah, he had one. What? Still, maybe it's it was still a two-point conversion or something. Where, how did did I make that up? Oh well. Oh well, yeah, because it was damn <laughs> obviously. All right. That's to me a sign. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to the Penny family. <laughs> you've, you've endured quite a lot. Um, thank you to the Urban Meyer Pine House. It actually is a really good restaurant. Like it, it was. I had a great. Okay. The food surprisingly good, and the beer selection is excellent. It's a good sports bar. I mean, listen, he's a football guy. He probably knows how to put up a restaurant. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Pennywise. Ooh, is that a? Mu- Musician? Is there a musician? Yeah, under the like name no, he's a clown. It's like an old, well, that too. It's like an old punk band. I got nothing. No, no, like legal issues there? I guess it's a character. I guess you can name a band after a character. Oh, Elijah Penny had a two point conversion. That's what I saw. Uh, oh, okay. Well. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs>